Yay! Let's <clears throat> go! Hello, and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith, and today we're discussing Season 3, Episode 7 of Girl Meets World, entitled Girl Meets True Maya. We finally met the true Maya. It's been a fake Maya this whole time. I know, I feel bamboozled. Wow. Yeah. All right. Hoodwinked? Hoodwinked, yes. Hoodlums. We all are. All right. Keith, you want to grade first? Okay. So, I watched it twice, and I will say, on the second watch, it was the endearing moments were still endearing, mm-hmm. but the low moments, I think, brought it down further for me, and scenes I had only medium issues with got worse. Yeah. So, I am going to give it, I think, a C-. Does what this mean don't, don't watch an episode more than once? <laughs> Sometimes it does. Well, with this kind of episode, probably. <laughs> I watched it three times. Um, and it went down each time. It went down each time. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so C minus. Because I, 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 there was a lot of great stuff. I think Rowan was great in this yeah. episode. Rowan was amazing. And there were some really great things from Peyton. But I think that the drama and sort of the logic that follows in this plot line... Or okay. lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, especially like... Both the characterization doesn't make sense, but also the plot. Yeah. Like, if you if you look at the very specific things with the plot, like, such as, why did the cop even bring her back home to, to bring then bring back. her back? Yeah. He could have just told her at the thing, I, you know, I like this. I like this. Yeah. I know, you know, I have hope for the part two. Uh, also, <laughs> why did he bring Doy to the Matthews to bring him back to his parents? Yeah. And... <laughs> And just also weird things like how, like, it's one thing for Riley to realize the significance of the statue to Maya, that, yeah. that he might know Maya enough. But the fact that both the cop and the and the hoodlum girls yeah. seem to understand that he represents Riley to the to her seems very weird to me. It, sound, it seemed like a little too knowing. Yeah, I don't know and... if the hoodlum girls, if we're going to call them that, <laughs> directly did, or if they were just... She no. said, "He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock her head in and make you watch. So, like, what else? Like, why would she care so much? To me, much well, to about... me, they were already talking about her. Yeah, and that just becomes a, a superimposition. I don't know. Way. It just felt a little bit much. But generally, I think I agree with the C minus. That seems about right. I think there were fun bits, like you said. I think there's a lot of pretty solid comedy, and I think the first half generally I mean, was the funny. scenes with Rowan yeah. and Sabrina." Yeah. Is as is a given. Yeah. I mean <laughs> And I, I do wanna give you know, you 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 mentioned Rowan, but I do wanna say that I do think despite the character issues, I think Sabrina did a good job. No, she definitely um, did, but I was talking about mostly the humor thing. Yeah, I'm talking about like yeah. this was actually a, a great funny episode yeah. when it wanted to be. Yeah. The Well, not all the time. The arc stuff just was really troubling, didn't really make any sense, went back on things from last week, and um but wait for that. For but later. wait, there's more. All right, Caitlin, you go. Well, I'm glad I didn't watch it more than once. Because <laughs> I'm already lower than both of you on a first showing. Yeah. First try! <laughs> so I'm going to give it a D. Mm-hmm. And I think to make this podcast go quicker, you'll find out why. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out. Scene one. Brushing her hair song. Do the other side. Okay. That was good. I like this whole thing. Great. Rowan I mean, is... I used to brush my hair a hundred times. But you really? do like an out-of-beat yeah. clap dance to it? <laughs> no, I would just count. 
Wow. Uh, like a serial man. killer? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. All right. Um, One murder sippy, two murder sippy, three murder sippy. You know, you got to figure something out if you're going to have long hair and the attention span of a five-year-old. <laughs> Um, so I like the whole thing of Maya throwing out the brushes, the multiple brushes, that was all good. That was mean. It was mean, but it was delightfully mean. Um. What does that mean? <laughs> you'll find out soon. Um, that, so Maya wants to do some serious damage, and Riley's like, you could do as much as that takes me to say, heavens to Betsy, Maya, will you never learn? Pretty good stuff. Great. Yep. <laughs> he was making faces over there. Caitlin's. He was like craning her neck back, head rolling, yeah, making this is, faces. This is a pretty like if I was someday gonna make a compilation video, the best bay window scenes. This would be in it. It wouldn't be like the highest yeah, in there, no, but it would right, be in there. Right. And even just yeah. a, a funny. I mean, yeah. there are there are plenty of scenes in this episode that would definitely make a highlight funny reel. Yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. So Maya's saying oh, she's running the show now. She's not gonna like go under Riley's parameters. Now Riley's worried that, you know, I didn't go too far bringing you back. Um, and she's like, peaches? And that's all funny, except for the whole... Like, it's just weird how Riley is this, like, manipulating, controlling of her powers. She's and- God. <laughs> she's a shape-shifting pigeon. <laughs> I felt that less here than other places, because yeah. here I felt it, it was out of her control, and it yeah. was comedic as opposed to... This is the drama of the episode yeah. from her standpoint, and it's real. Yeah. So it's a big difference there. I thought the only thing wrong with this intro scene was the overstated nature of her her being Maya's character arc mm. from before and how that was being stated well, a- as a continuum. What I, what, I what I was saying is that just the fact of, did I take it too far? Like, he's moving a lever on Maya. I think I found the perfect s- s- spot for you here. Yeah, but see, but, but Riley like, would say that. This is the kind though. of Maya I like. Not too much, yeah. not too little. Yes, It's right. just, it's really hard to get into an episode where you have to fully invest yourself and believe that this weird identity crisis is happening. So, season three's been hard. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just... It's just weird, and one of the things I said on the YouTube video was, I felt like it wasn't the episode that I was promised when we saw that promo, and it seemed like Maya was actually gonna go too far. On the the plus side of her not whoa, go- Whoa, 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 No, I'm, I'm not- Spoiler alert! <laughs> Without actually getting the specifics of that, I, I think the plus side of her not having gone too far is that it wasn't, oh, like, oh, Riley made you go too far by accidentally overdoing it. Like, What's great about that terminology is, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it in the pilot when Corey brings yeah. out and says, Maya, you go too far! Yeah, it's all in the pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, she didn't go too far. No. So it's all against the pilot. Yeah. Well, so this is, that's showing her epic character arc, whereas in the pilot, right. she, she, did, went she went too far, too far and now and here, she's not. she can't even go. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Peaches, blah, 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 she's going to go too far. Scene two. Scene two. Pompeii. So, uh, Lucas... Why does anyone even give Corey a damn chalkboard? Why is he even giving them? He writes one word per <laughs> class. He's a very good the teacher. The letter A. <laughs> um, so, he tries to call Lucas. Lucas is being an odd idiot. At least it's funny. Thanks, scholarly athlete. <laughs> yeah, Award-winning scholarly athlete. <laughs> He talks about how Mount Vesuvius stayed quiet for a long time, but then it exploded. Um, if it doesn't, it'll blow up even worse later. So sometimes you have to let things explode. Even though Maya didn't explode, so this whole thing didn't actually even make any sense. And now he's trying to be a science teacher. 
<laughs> so then the fire alarm comes on. Yeah. This, I think, as, as a full scene, mm. is my favorite scene of this episode. Yeah, I can see that. This is great. Yeah, so her being like, oh, you sassy troublemaker, this is bananas. This is bananas. <laughs> uh, single file QQ. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, I want to get had... your partner. Maya's my partner. <laughs> None of them had bags that they were worried about bringing out with them. None of them yeah. had backpacks. Yeah, is that true? I didn't pay enough attention to notice I that. but Yeah, I did. And, like, because I remember when I was, a fire alarm went off, I would get my backpack and yeah. pack all my things, because if it's burning down, I want my belongings. Mm. You want all your drugs. I mean, in certain... What? <laughs> in certain situations, you would not... You would be yelled at for doing that, so that didn't stick out to me, because you're not supposed to bring your stuff out necessarily. Yeah. So I thought this whole thing was was funny. I mean, it, it, there's something to be said for... I can understand why how Riley could be too much for somebody in this episode. Like, yeah. she's, in, she's like, literally insane. I mean, I, I still think it's funny. Isn't that her character? But, but like, this, this episode is kind of a different I level. think she's insane in a good way. We've seen her in a bad way before yeah. in recent years. And by years, I mean episodes. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said that. You know, in recent years, those last only a couple since the show's ever been on. Um, but I think that it's all for humor here. And I think it yeah. was well-balanced and, and timed. When she was being funny, she was being really yeah. funny. It was all timed really well with yeah. the surroundings. And and she was legitimately worried about something somewhat significant. Like, not completely a ridiculous thing to be worried about. I'm just going to point out how Maya couldn't have been the one to pull the fire alarm. Well, that's what made it so great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, couldn't have been. Yeah. Unless it's a really bad fire alarm and it only goes off five minutes <laughs> after you pull it. She had a really long string around the hallway, and she just pulled it from her seat. Well, it also could have been maybe she set a smoke bomb somewhere, and it finally kicked in. Mm. She blew up a mailbox in the school. Nice. Um, Alright, so, yeah, that, that she didn't actually put the fire alarm on. So, scene three. Doi enters. Oh, boy. Oh, doi. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird introduction. Doi, doi, doi. So... That I I just don't understand why even when it's Augie's plotline, yeah, Augie doesn't have line. anything to do. He he they don't let Augie do anything. <laughs> just sit back, relax, put it a couple been Augie lines. stealing. Yeah, we didn't even need Doi. We didn't Wait, no, let's be honest. We didn't need anything any, about yeah. this plot. We, this, this whole plotline. Yeah. I mean, there have been worse kid plot lines, but mm-hmm. this was just completely not necessary. It was it was a parallel that did nothing. It was All it taught me was that Maya's as badass as a kid that steals candy. <laughs> And she has been since the beginning of season one. Here's another great example of all the time that they could have actually shown with Maya deliberating somewhere, yeah. doing something more interesting on her on her own. Characters that split up and then come back together are more dynamic in that way, as opposed to all of a sudden, here's Topanga in the living room with the little kids. Yeah. I just realized something, and it's further on, but I, I don't want to forget it. Okay. She only brought two colors of graffiti. Yeah, oh, yeah. he brought that up. Okay, yeah. So she, there's at least five colors on the wall, including graffiti that goes And you'd need more missing. than one can for all of those. Yeah, and she had two cans. And they were all really solid colors. Two cans, They Sam. just look like murals that a Boys and Girls Club spent a day on. Yeah. <laughs> it's the magic of cinema. That's the show Shut up, baby. Uh, you're so angry about this episode. But, I, I, I mean, so we were talking about how you could have 
cut out Doi and had more time for Maya. But I also, one of the things I brought up in the YouTube video is I wouldn't have minded a scene of Lucas without the girls. Still to, deliberating on To his reiterate, own. because... Stealing candy? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I... I, I Lucas, my good! I still think if he picked Riley and now Maya's like, I don't even know if I like you, then he could be like... I really just want to tell Riley I like her. This is really annoying. And if he picked Maya, and Maya saying, I don't even know if I like you, then it could show him being upset about the fact that he doesn't, might not even like him. See, Dan, <laughs> what you have to realize is Lucas doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lucas... And I'm not saying that... I'm not saying for me, Lucas doesn't matter. It's just, like, no one in the show cares. I know. Everybody cares so much about the ships, but they involve a character who no, but the show doesn't seem yeah. to care about. In this episode, in a void, Lucas was... Pretty great. Yeah, I agree. But in context of the arc, it's like all of a sudden he forgot everything that's happened and became a doofus. Especially, like, there was, like, the comedy, we're about to get into the Topanga Bakery scene, which we'll talk about in more detail, but the comedy was really good there, and then he's just like, he, like, turns and suddenly he's like, Maya, what's wrong? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> yes, okay, I'm glad that you guys realized that. Because I was just like, that's weird. Maya's wrong with you. Why are you laughing at my jokes, Maya? <laughs> Maya, you're such an idiot. I'm funny, Maya. <laughs> Maya, laugh, Maya. <laughs> uh, so he has his fancy British accent, Mortimer. Uh, he says meatloaf. Very good. That was just, okay. Very well. Very good. No, very good. <laughs> so um, much good that it brings to the world in yeah. my heart. <laughs> No, I mean do good. Uh, so, yeah, this is what I meant when I said the full scene that was the best scene. Yeah. Because I'm not counting as the full scene, but I really love this moment. Okay? Yeah. No, this is, this is like the, this is probably like one of the best Lucas moments since the him trying to do the geek call yeah. back in at Girl Meets Mackle. Like, he's it, just so funny. So awkward, so dorky. Is this just something he's already eaten, that Peyton made up on set, and they're just like, we're just gonna throw this in, because why not? And I, and I also, I like the things around it that, like, Farkle's like, look, he can't do anything, yeah. and they're like, it's kind of charming when he can't do something, because he's always he's Mr. Perfect. Yes. And and also, I think Rowan was really funny with yes. her, like, laughing here, and she was like, it's not, it didn't feel like Rowan laughing, it really did feel like Riley Because laughing. it was overstated, yeah. and, like, it was super awkward and forced, yeah. But in a good way, because yeah. her character is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like, what is it, Twinkle Bottom Smythe or whatever it was. Do you want to talk about looking at the camera? Yeah, or? I just, I, it's great yeah. because it was funny. But it's just curious because of the arrangement of seats. When he turns away and says, <laughs> What is he looking at? <laughs> It really, he's making direct eye contact. Mortimer. <laughs> he looks like he's making eye contact with the camera that they didn't end up it's using the, the footage from. It's the meatloaf that they have on the caterers. <laughs> yeah, he's looking over at the at the shelf of all the muffins. He's a meatloaf crunch over there. Oh, so, funny. so like Boy Meets World had a banana boy, they have a meatloaf boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want a meatloaf boy. That sounds sexual. <laughs> It does. It could. Yeah, I was gonna go into one of my voices, and then I stopped. <laughs> All right. So what? Maya doesn't have a role anymore, except why? Riley is sweet. He's the genius, and uh, Lucas and you're is the Lucas snarky the good. one, Maya. Now you've yeah. been the snarky one that's never done anything the entire <laughs> show. Why? Yes. Why must it change now? Now, um. I, I want to talk about her bringing up Lucas the Good, um, because... I thought that was gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that. I thought that was funny. But I, I was talking with Nan, and she was wondering if... 
that's sort of a hint of rules because she thinks rules might be the episode where she where maya first really started liking lucas and he was lucas that was the one he was introduced as lucas the good and where he went against that and was being more bad that episode and that was what was sort of attracting her to him and now in this episode she's like oh but you're always saying please you're being too nice blah 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 blah." well speaking of please yeah please tell me that they're gonna do a spaghetti western of the show well, they, someone, like, has a dream, and they're all in a Western, and they're doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, like, that, like, almost works, except that Lucas really has just been Lucas pretty consistently throughout season two and three. Like, uh, I mean, season one might have been a little bit different, Rhett, but... Like, a in... few exceptions, like, Riley Town and Secret of Life. Yeah. In serious and... moments, Yes. Yeah. As a whole, it's been a lot of up and down. Whether is he smart today, is he stupid today, yeah, but is he serious that's, today, is but he that's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. That's like the humor. I'm talking about as far as if Maya was like, oh, you, you, I liked the bad side of you and now you're being too sweet. It's not like he's getting sweeter. He, was, yeah. he just was fighting with Riley a few episodes ago. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. All right, so now let's get into... Yeah, okay, let's get into the upsetting thing. <laughs> so, That's what we're labeling the it The upsetting now. incident, number two. Um, number two? I mean, the first was the was the first kiss on... The chin kiss. Oh, I thought... Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were also throwing the hand in there. Oh, yeah. I, I guess three, maybe. The hand wasn't quite as bad. It was not great, but it wasn't quite as bad. The nose kiss... And the trying to make it into a joke of I'm telling Smackle, no, I'm telling Smackle. So, like, okay, before we even get into, like, the ethical ramifications of doing this whole thing, I just don't even nice think... Nice word, Jughead. <laughs> I just don't even think that the joke worked. I'm telling Smackle, I'm telling... I don't even, yeah. I didn't even understand what you were saying. Well, there was almost nothing to it. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I, I understand why, like, Mayo would say that, yeah. but I don't understand why Farkle would say that. Yeah, like, I don't... I really... Uh, Farkle, like, reverted in this scene, especially because he was also talking about, like, why do people like Lucas in that way? Like, almost felt like he was jealous. Yeah. And, uh, like... So, go ahead, Kate. <laughs> well, can I say one quick thing first? Sure. <laughs> well, because it's, it's going to be quicker than I haven't said anything, so I, I don't know why everyone is all... As we know, you have feelings. I is about to explode, like, my yeah. Um, Before we get into this, what I did like about this action and what it could have been focused on is that she grabbed him by the collar, mm. pulled him up, and then all of a sudden, he's taller than her by a lot. Yeah. And then he says, oh, we've grown up now. Mm. That could have been it. Yeah. That's what I liked about that scene. And that wasn't it. (laughs) I think my biggest issue with this is the line that he says of, uh, we're getting older now. These things are going to be less predictable. Yeah. So getting older means it's going to be less predictable that someone's going to kiss you without you wanting them to. Mm. And take it whatever way you want, but that's still kind of a... I don't know what the word is I want to use, but it's rape culture. It's invasive. Progression progression of it. I think everyone knows I hate this Farkle. (laughs) If you really want to know how much, listen to the podcast on Farkle's Choice. Um, I'm going to say this, which is that I certainly understand your point of view. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that, to me, the biggest issues are the line and the context of who he's been in the past. Because, to me... If you cut out those two things, a friend, a longtime friend jokingly kissing another friend on the nose. As they're being roughed up. Yeah, to me is like not necessarily a problem. The context of 
how he's pushed himself on people before, how he doesn't seem to have ever learned his lesson, the fact that the writers didn't realize that the first time was a mistake, and that now they're making it into a joke. That context is very problematic, and also when you add in the line of these things are unpredictable and that we're growing up just really is weird, and I don't like it. And uh, But I think that alone it could be a joke between friends yeah. in certain situations. But why does Smackle not even matter? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't Why is that something that Smackle, like, wouldn't care about? Because I don't believe she wouldn't. I mean, I think plenty of people wouldn't care about, I guess, joking kiss on the nose the uh, first between time, friends. Yeah, I, so like, the first time I saw it, and because of what I was honing in on, what I had mentioned before, what I liked about it most, I was like, okay, it's certainly not the worst. And for a, for a moment, I did believe in the dynamic of it was antagonistic in a friendly way as a rebuttal from her grabbing him like that mm. and it, again out of context it was almost okay yeah and then certainly the second time when i listened close to the lines that came after and then thinking about it again in context it definitely got a lot worse yeah but i think that there is some props to be given that acting wise just in the action in the moment mm. It was certainly less cringy, and that alone, because I did feel that for a moment, that it isolated, it could have worked as that kind of dynamic. Well, the issue we had with Riley is that he was trying to kiss her in mist. He legitimately was trying to force a kiss on her, and he was shown to be uncomfortable right. about it, and then it was a joke. With this thing, he was, he was doing a joke, he wasn't trying to kiss her, and she didn't look uncomfortable about it. Well, well it didn't so, look uncomfortable past the point of already the aggression that was there. She said, "I'm telling Smackle." Yeah, but I mean, and I mean, you that—that's worth I have a mentioning. Question. Yeah, is that something that would be written in, or is that something directed? What, what? the kiss? Oh, I'm sure that was written. Oh, yeah, in. Okay. there was lines about you know he had to say, I- "I'm telling Smackle." I'm telling Smackle. Okay, yeah. heavily both. I'm sure. Yeah, I yeah, it just I don't understand because honestly, it didn't need to happen. It just it yeah. was totally and it, it, I mean when I saw it the first time. I really did just... It just felt like a slap in the face to everyone who had a problem with the king kiss. Uh, it really... It just felt like you're rubbing our noses in it. Yeah, I guess... Ah, noses! I didn't mean to do that. That's because Michael <laughs> Jacobs still lives in the 1950s. Well, no, it's, it goes back to... Do you have critique about the show? Do you correct it or do you make a joke about it? Yeah. But, and obviously they don't like correcting it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Katie shows up. I am a hundred dollars short. Uh, Maya said she didn't take it. Uh, I like, wish she had. Now, here's yeah. what's interesting here. This is a scene that almost made this. Is this going to be the episode about falsely accusing Maya and mm-hmm. she gets angry about that? And for a moment, I was like, is this going in that direction? And that would have been its own unique episode. Mm. I don't know if it would have been handled better or worse. Yeah. But also, why is it that Katie's accusing the kids? They didn't lead up to that well at all. Yeah, no. that was awkward. Honestly, Katie probably didn't need to be in this episode at all. I don't know that she was at first. Did she seem like she was accusing the kids She before? said, who took my $100 and looked them in the eye? Yeah, and like, the camera like panned over to her looking at Maya. It seemed like she was blaming Maya, honestly. I, I don't... Which is screwed. Katie's a screwed up parent this season. <laughs> well, yeah, no, to be fair, Maya is a cat burglar. <laughs> I, okay. That, and she only steals purple cats. That joke was really funny. The problem is also, so like... what a cat burglar. Maya hasn't actually stolen anything of, like, like anything uh, legitimate. She stole a locket from yeah. the lost and found. <laughs> to and me, gave it back. Uh, it's like you said, <laughs> yeah. It's like you said about the stealing, like, that's on the Bad same level as a kid alert. stealing candy. 
Like she's as badass as Doi. No, I think that's even less bad. Yeah, because it, because first of all, it was something that was left in there for a long period of time, and she had great emotional connection yes. to it. It wasn't even just like, oh, I want this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's literally worse than the kids did. Like, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting because he took cars too. Come uh, on, he we, took cars. Hot Wheels are expensive. <laughs> I mean, we do have to reiterate, it's like the 17th millionth time to say this, but the biggest issue with this arc is that... It's fake. Is, is that he was never badass to begin with. It was all hearsay. It was, oh, look, she did this, look, she did that. All he did was accidentally set off a sprinkler hey, Maya, thing. you haven't reminded us by saying you're a badass recently. What's <laughs> <No>. wrong? <laughs> if you really extrapolate it down to, if she didn't set off it on purpose, the worst thing she did was stand up on the desk with a sparkler. Yeah. It was... He was being a stupid kid. He wasn't doing, like... the pilot. Like, like... Sean legitimately did bad things. Like, not just kid stuff bad things, but actually bad things. Teen stuff bad things. Like, blowing up a mailbox is a crime. Like, like a literal crime. It's a felony. Sean Hunter. <laughs> bad kid. It's a felony. Yeah. Yeah. He committed a felony. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess we I could... don't know the New York code for that So, one, but... this would be great yeah. if in some episode in the future of Go Meets World... Yeah. Somehow information leaked about that incident, mm. and after the fact, people were looking for him <laughs> and investigating him, and he ended up going to jail for like a week because of it in Gomez World. <laughs> what if they just reel him off? As soon as he's like going down the aisle, and the cops barge in and take you! him away. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> so is Corey. Uh, never, never mind. Scene five. Scene five. The cop and Doy. Doy screams again. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, like, just, just... this is literally the worst thing that anyone's <laughs> ever done, ever. This is so bad. No. I know I'm exaggerating. This is, why? Why do they keep having him yell? I don't understand. It's really bad. I really don't like it. I feel like Doi, his ability to complete sentences in a coherent way and speak clearly is going down each time we see him. Yeah. Uh, they're certainly directing him to be a very specific way, and I think that just let it alone, it would flow naturally. Now, Caitlin, were you the one that was saying he seems way younger than Augie? Yeah. It's just weird. Like, Augie, yeah, Augie are they seems... supposed to be the same age? I assume so. Otherwise, how would they know each other? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe down the hall. I don't know. Everybody <laughs> lives in the same apartment. Well, what I said was, <laughs> I'm putting Doi in this episode to make us feel better about Augie, because, <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Like Doi himself is a cutie. Like he's do you see those cheeks? The first yeah. episode Dem with him. Doi cheeks. It was a really great joke. Yeah, and honestly, like the actor is doing a good job. Yeah, he's I'm just, sure they're telling him to yeah, do all these things, and they're just writing a bad thing. All they have to do is tell him to yell. I did like the eating the evidence thing with the cop. That was a nice thing. I mean, here's the thing. Guest there star, were random guest star. Yeah, there were charming moments with the cop. So he's that, from Family Matters is the main thing people yeah, know. Yeah, Family from. Matters. With the Urkel Urkel. Show. Mm-hmm. And he was also a, a police officer. So is, did, a, did I do that? Can, are they allowed to do that? What? That reference? I'm sure did that's I do that? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Par chance, I am responsible for that event. <laughs> I hate you. I um, hate that show. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say. I know a lot of Family Matters hate that. <laughs> as I was saying, there were some charming moments. But overall, I think the presence of the B-plot and the police officer both in that and to come mm. probably should have been cut out for more time with Maya and Riley. 
Yeah, I don't... The cop in general, like, I don't think the, the actor was bad, and I understand why someone would like him to be, like, charming, yeah. but I just didn't get anything... It wasn't... He wasn't that funny. I didn't really get anything out of him. He And he just didn't feel like a real human being. It me. seemed written mostly to include him in the episode yeah. as, other than to facilitate the plot. What, like, why did they... Why did they have to go to such an extreme, extreme that would never happen as to give Doi a cop to deal with for stealing candy just so we could bring... Like, he just needs to be in the Maya scene. Yeah. If that. Yeah, and honestly, it just... I don't... I'm not gonna get into it. In fact, you know what would have been better? If it was just Corey. I mean, we didn't even need a cop. Nobody had... I know, I'm saying if it wasn't Riley, if it wasn't anyone but Corey... Corey found her. found Maya. He knew about where her her past or whatever. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I... That that would be nice. Like, think about when Sean was gonna... Be like was gonna vandalize Turner's bike. Yeah, and Turner found him. Yeah, w- with Corey. Yeah, but like, I would have liked to see Corey do something like that because yeah. honestly, I didn't like Corey in this episode. Yeah, yeah Corey. His lines lame. were really bad, and he was directed badly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that is really interesting. My thought, similar to that, was that if you remove the cop, and what happens is we get the scene where we're unsure what she's about to do, and then afterwards she goes and sneaks out Riley. And takes her there and shows her that. Yeah. And they have a scene of just them two sitting Or even the just Riley. Find, Riley's the one who knows who, her who, well. Who, who and sneaks comes out to her. Yeah. to her look for her. Yeah. I, I also wouldn't even mind Katie being the one to one-on-one. So Katie it. could finally be a good parent? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> that would She's have been nice. She's a really nice. shitty parent this season. Yeah, if they want us to care about her relationship with Sean, why don't you show her being a good mother in this episode? She doesn't have to be a perfect mother. I still don't see what Sean likes about her. And it gets less and less obvious every time I see her. Her beautiful acting skills. No, but what I wanted to say about the cop before I went off is that, uh, without getting too far down the road, yeah. the, the two hoodlum girls... I've already skipped ahead so much. Not really. <laughs> the two hoodlum girls were so felt so out of this world to me and so unrealistic that also having this overly kipper cop, yeah. it just felt like we were really just not in real life at all. And I, it bothered me. But, alright, scene later. six. We're in the classroom. Oh, yeah. wait, I also wanted to mention about Doi. Oh, the dancing? No. <laughs> I don't need to talk about that. That's the definitely worth mentioning. <laughs> I wanted to say two things. One, that Doi knows he's stealing, because if he understands that the candy is quote-unquote free, he knows there are things that you need to pay for. Yeah. And so why does he think the candy is free? Well, also, he yeah. stole more things after they came yeah, back. Yeah, he doesn't actually care. Yeah. Doi's just a thief. I think he's a klepto. <laughs> now, I, I thought there was there would be, like, a slight twist that I thought would have been a little bit funnier here, which is if you had, like, Augie realizing that Doi's an idiot and kind of making fun of him. Like, like when he's like, oh, Doi, you have to work it off. If he, if Augie knew, like, was knowing and was like, dance, Doi, dance, because he thought it would be funny to right, see him dance. Right, up on some threads. Yeah, like, I think that would have been, like, a very slight change that would have been funnier. Uh, even going backwards, if it was actually about Augie and he was... So is it better to turn my friend in mm. for doing something wrong or to protect my friend? Yeah. That would have been interesting and about Augie. Yeah. Because honestly, Doi had no progression what? whatsoever, and so what's Do- the point? You're, Topanga's not your mother, and you're afraid of her. So I don't even under, I don't even yeah. understand is why he... they brought her to Topanga. I don't know why the ca- the cop decided to wait, bring bring, br- bring all of them to the Matthews house and then wait till they were inside the Matthews house to, to have the discussion. Yeah. Well, I understand why they might have brought her to Topanga in that Augie's like, oh, my mom's a lawyer, she'll protect you. 
but mm. uh, but but bring her back to the apartment for their three hundred dollar candy <laughs> charge. Now, the important thing to think about now is scene seven. Well, just real quick, <laughs> is he just roaming the streets of New York alone? Going into shops and stealing things and running out. Like, are his, his parents with him? Yeah, it's a good question. Doesn't seem like it. It just seems like he's seems like, like alone. everyone's a bad parent in this universe. Yeah, I mean, Augie and Doi come back together alone. Yeah, they're just roaming. <laughs> and also, this made me realize I, I wish they never made Topanga a lawyer. Mm, because they're just so. She's just a watered down, crappy version of a lawyer that doesn't, like, do anything. She's just Barbie. She's, she's, a... she's a house mom who's not appreciated enough. She owns a bakery. <laughs> she's a lawyer. She's just Barbie. Yeah, and they. they... It's better to have a... I guess it's better to have a few of the lines proving, oh, look, he has lawyer knowledge than it isn't. But it also kind of underlines, oh, you think that's enough. Yeah. And it, it really isn't because he's just the We mom. see Corey at his job every day, but it's not enough to see Topanga well, who has a... Do we? We, well, we, certainly, we certainly see he's present. I don't we know see him in the place where he gets paid. <laughs> well, okay, but, but, to be fair... I understand that is where the girls yeah. are, but at the same time, she has a better job than Corey and gets zero recognition for it. Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, all that would really be necessary is maybe once every six episodes, you show her at work. Like, that's literally all I need. Well, Riley, it could also work if Riley actually had any kind of relationship with Topanga whatsoever and called her mom and we could see Topanga pick up the phone in her office. Yeah, oh yeah, like, or just just not be home all the time. Having papers to fumble through to and from the mornings and evenings. Mm. Yeah, where's mom? At work, because she's a lawyer and they usually live at their office (laughs) and not at home. Not necessarily, not for all of them. But... A lot of lawyers, if she's as good as she is, yeah. she'd be at the office. And scene. Scene six. Class- she's working towards partner. No, I scene six. I was joking oh. earlier. Alright, classroom. Alright, so if you live next to a volcano so long, you forget that it's dangerous. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Um, Riley says it's not. I have faith that it would never do anything bad to me. That it's not a volcano? I have faith this volcano isn't a volcano. It's just a nice That's little mountain. That's kind of what I thought she meant to be That's honest. what yeah, I no. thought she meant too. <laughs> no, that was, like the, that was like the low point of Riley in this episode for me. Because that was like, oh, she's back to... I mean, look, Being I guess... Being an idiot? I mean, this is her character. I mean, honestly, there's not... To, I'm sorry, there's not that much of a difference between that line and Pluto. They're both scientifically... Uh, her Her believing that a volcano isn't a volcano because she has faith is the same thing as her believing that a planet that isn't a planet is a planet because she has faith. It was labeled a planet at one point. But it wasn't. They were wrong. What do you mean it wasn't? It wasn't. I mean, it, but they were wrong. It, it might, might be labeled that way, but it wasn't a planet. It was never actually a planet by the actual definition of a planet. The new definition. Which is the definition. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the planetoid. So, You're I mean, very bitchy about this Pluto line. No, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying but is hyper that... Belt. My, what I'm trying to say is that technically it's still in character, sure, but it's just like one... There's so many of these things, and her having faith in things ridiculously after high school is, so, is pretty annoying yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. This is weird, but I don't have an issue with this. Yeah. I much have more, much more of an issue with when she says, everybody stay down in this hole because these great people told yeah. me to. Yeah. Okay, so why I live next to a volcano, it creates great flowers... And then Luke is like, deep down, Maya is beautiful. Okay, calm down. That was really good. I really, that was really funny. Um, talks about how Ireland has rain, but it's also really green. Places like people often offer wonderful peaks and valleys. Volcanoes make them. So topography is generated by a lot more than just volcanoes and even much more than volcanic activity and plate tectonics, which if you were really to get into it, 
is what you would call that, not just volcanoes. And there's also erosion, glacial movement, you know. I don't honestly, I, I think you're being kind of nitpicky with this because volcanoes can create peaks and valleys and he's going for a metaphor. I would say and, like, volcanoes, an unnecessary metaphor. Uh, yeah. But I'd say but, volcanoes like, of the things that do cause that, yeah. probably the least because they're the least amount yeah, of things. But I still get where he's coming from. Unless it's, we're talking about the ocean floor, then maybe because a volcano is just... Yeah. You might say uh, there are many volcanoes littering the edge of the plates. Yeah. I mean, just generally saying, like, you should be near someone explosive. It's just like a weird message. It, it, just, I don't it really... almost means nothing. Yeah. Like many of these revelations, The way it that means you said nothing. it makes it sound like an abusive relationship. Well, which part of that? Being near someone explosive, yeah. and like, but it's good for you. Well, that's what it's saying. Explosions are part of nature and human nature. Like, I'm not saying that Riley and Maya is an abusive relation, obviously. Yeah. Thank you, Peaches, for existing. <laughs> what I think it's trying to say is that sameness is usually counterproductive, mm. and that a little bit of tumultuous lifestyle is important for creating change yeah. that can often be important. Except there wasn't an explosion. Or any change. It, it, so, like, Because this is a hard idea for me to swallow, and if maybe if they had shown well, it in practice, I would have understood more. Yeah. So, But they didn't show it because she didn't explode. So I don't get it. <laughs> but her shirt said something like bomb or boom or something. I feel. Oh, yeah, I had trouble reading it. Yeah, it, like, it kept shifting. I, at first it was like, does it say Pompeii? Does it say bomb? Does it say boom? Remember, remember when she wore like a Brooklyn shirt and we thought it said booty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, man. Scene 8, or whatever we're on. Scene 7. Have. Scene 7. Um, uh, okay, so we have a new outside place, new set. And I actually like this set. It's but it's, a, it's, it's small, but it's yeah. decent. It's a nice change. And they prove that it's a bad part of town by having dog sounds and ambulance no sirens right. going. Because that's not just the city anyways. <laughs> but I thought that was funny. Or any large town anyways. It was it was a well-lit scene. It actually seemed yeah, it dark. Was, yeah. It was nice to be outside again. You know, not the best set ever, but I, it was one of their better ones. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that they had something of at least that caliber if yeah. they're only going to use it in this episode. Yeah. So she brings this brick and this hammer and these two things of paint. So let me just say <laughs> what I said when we paused it here on the first watching. What kind of vandal brings their own brick? <laughs> yeah, that was... And also just, I mean, I, I think the more we talked about it, the more like her bringing the brick and the hammer made a little bit of sense. But when I first watched it and the, the ultimate... Just bring a bat. <laughs> well, also just like, what would she... Would she come to that park to wreck it? She seemed like she likes the park. So I don't understand, like, because it seems, like, her bringing the, the stuff to the graffiti to begin with makes sense. She's an artist, she wanted to do something also, bad. Also, she said, like, in the beginning she said, I haven't done anything with this high school thing. I thought she was going to vandalize the high school. Yeah, that would have made some sense. <laughs> so let's, this obviously is They've a already big... had the keys to the school at one point. It's not well, like it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> they probably still have them. <laughs> so obviously is a big plot hole. And this is my more gracious interpretation of it. Yeah. Is that this is the best I can think about it. Mm. That she took it upon herself to perform a test, a trial for herself. In which she brought many things, many tools that she could do different things with to this location. Sat down, didn't know what she was going to and said, okay, if left alone without any other influence directly by me, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know what this reminds me of? I'm, I'm trying to think of like the exact thing that I'm referencing here. But it reminds me of like some sort of... Like, 
fantasy world where you're like going through like a test and you have do you pick up the hammer yeah. or the can of paint like a, like <laughs> like, a click game and it like define no not, not even that no, like, like it at defined... the beginning of kingdom hearts when you pick the uh the magic staff the mm. sword or the shield or even like um divergent when she's going she's going through the thing to pick which oh, yeah. thing she's gonna be in and she's like do i pick up the knife or the food or whatever like and it like defines your whole life based on which item you pick up the <laughs> beginning of legend of zelda yeah that kind of thing and so that was funny. That was a lot of references. Lots of references. Now, scene eight. Correct me if I'm wrong. More on this later. I saw two cans of spray paint. Yeah, we talked about this already. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I'm not wrong. <laughs> scene eight. Um, enter Carla and Renee. Oh my god. The, these people are my favorite characters. Okay, look, I don't actually, I don't really blame the actors. I feel like the actors were doing what they were told. I blame at least one of the actors. You don't like Renee. <laughs> I know you don't like Renee. I don't... But she was told to be the stupid one. Yeah. No, but... She was told to be the, you know, they were like, essentially, what were they, Frankie and Joey in this? I mean... No, but you can be the stupid one without being difficult to watch you're the stupid one. Yeah, now, here's the thing. I do, I do wish we had had time to rewatch. The episode where, where Frankie... I want to see an episode where Frankie and Joey being bad was, like, actually dramatic. Yeah. Because, I mean, maybe it doesn't work there. But it like, really doesn't work here because this is a culmination of her entire arc. And I don't believe a single word coming out of either of these girls' mouths. It just they and also like it's an expedi- it's the exposition kind of thing. Yeah. That it's the voice of Gomez Wool that always comes out through characters. Well, uh, see, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't feel like it was exposition. I just feel like it was caricatures. They didn't seem like like actual hoodlums. They seemed like Disney hoodlums. And Disney hoodlums. That's my new podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, so it just it felt like I was just walking like a very heightened thing and Sabrina you know, was doing her best to ground it but it wasn't working I just figured out what Lucas reminded me of what and because I just did that from the Goonies chunk I haven't seen the Goonies <laughs> I'm not a fan that out of the people who are hoodlums one's a, one is a white girl and she's the only one that can make it out yeah right, you're talking about that it's that there's yeah. one black and one Hispanic girl and then Maya being the white girl is the one that can rise above it. Yep. Yeah. And that she doesn't get arrested, white privilege. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, technically, Carla and Renee don't either. And she could have ratted on them, I suppose. But but either... And I'll say, for the people who might disagree with us, I'm just going to throw it in. He does go. He does say, I have hope for them, too. But... You're, I mean, they, they don't actually see them get better. I stand by what yeah, I said. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I just wanted to make, I feel like by saying that, like, we, we cover our bases because people will say that against us. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I, not saying it's intentional. I'm just saying it's a negligence. Yeah. It's just like, the, like, this is what diversity means to Disney. Is you throw in a Hispanic or a black person every now and then into, an, like, maybe three times in a season. Mm-hmm. And Speaking of that, where is Zay? Yeah. yeah and or Smackle. Zay and Smackle were very clearly weirdly not in this episode, especially at the end where it's like, let's have our core four moment over this core four statue. And it was, statue. It was weird. It, well, they ran out of paper mache so that he couldn't be in this episode. Yeah, that was very clearly paper mache. <laughs> like, Farkle almost knocks it down when he's walking around it. Also, why, like, it, it is, like, when you actually do bring up Smackle in the episode, then it makes me go, oh, why isn't Smackle in this classroom scene like you know like it's just anywhere really uh, uh so carl and renee pretty dumb 
Um, they talk about where is Dorothy. Uh, you guys are like Sesame Twins. Was it a, why Dorothy a reference to Wizard of Oz? Yeah, because yeah, like Goody Goody Two Shoes. Yeah. All right, it makes so, some sense. I will say good. it wasn't good. I like the set. Yeah, hate the scene. Yeah, but redeeming qualities of this is there were a few. Though watered down, mm. acts of aggression, there are shoves, yeah. there's a little, the grabbing of the hammer. The grabbing of the hammer was so bad. It was I, th- I, bad. I don't think it was as bad as it could have been. And I think the headlock, I think that we're just barely on the threshold that I'm not saying it's good, but mm. it shows me that they're trying to respond to some feedback and they're not succeeding, yeah. but they are trying just to respond to some feedback saying that, the stakes need to be raised a little bit. They're afraid, yeah. but I think they are saying, okay, we are recognized and are doing something to raise the physical stakes. Because think about um, the altercation between the bad guy cowboy and the good guy cowboy, Lucas and the, uh, what were the other kid's name? Even that, and the, the bully? Yeah, yeah. I think that that was way better and way more intense. But I think only because of they were more intimidating figures, either of them. But I think actual... I think acting-wise, it was much better. But I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about... The situation, what yeah. the what the what the script called for. Okay. I'm not talking about the acting. I'm saying what is written in of the action of the script. Yeah. What it called for. Was there anything other than stares from Lucas I mean, and the other kid? No, no. He grabbed him and did the teal thing. Remember, the heel, the, yeah, the heel yeah. thing. Um, I think that. I, just, I think he slammed him against the locker. Okay, maybe I'm yeah. mis. I think, but there's something. Yeah, he was a lot closer. Like he was going to yeah. kiss him. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing. Okay, I, I, I'll say the the one thing that I definitely appreciated was the shove because that actually was a pretty solid shove from behind. Yeah, that blind side Sho- shoving Maya. The problem. Okay, first of the all, the hammer was the worst. Her, grabbing the hammer, like I, I, I have had to direct that kind of mo- movement yeah. of grabbing a, a gun from somebody. And I didn't do a good, a good job with it. I did better than they did. And I have never had to do anything like that before. They're supposed to be professionals. And the headlock... Okay, so the problem is... They're they, afraid of it looking too violent or too scary. Well, no, no. I think the problem is also that I... like w- I, They've never set up my... I, I also couldn't believe it because, A, Sabrina's five foot tall... And they've never set up Maya, in my opinion, as physically intimidating. Yeah. Just because she's a bad girl and, like, does some is bad things. Like, I didn't, yeah. I've never once thought, oh, yeah, Maya can legitimately fight these girls. Yeah. And, like, it, it's... And so that then when they do the headlock and she's bringing her down to her five-foot level, it looked awkward to me. It didn't look cool. Yeah. It definitely like, <laughs> looked awkward, but I just think that... I think especially the shove and I think the headlock to me it was it was brought down just low enough that it was a captured violence mm. that I definitely was not good or perfect but it shows me that I think that they're trying to respond in a certain way but I think they definitely are afraid of parents calling in and saying what is this violence on mm. Disney Channel um, but the, I mean because the problem for me so so I I'll, okay fine we that's should, the devil's work I'm glad they at least had I am glad they at least had this yeah but. To me, that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I, I can see what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I see where you're coming from, but to me, this is supposed to be the climactic. This is the climax of this is her darkest moment. It seems like, <laughs> and 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 it yeah, and yeah. it really it, that's not it wasn't enough, and and she didn't actually end up doing anything, and so we've this is they, she's never done anything. She's, she's never, done, never anything. done anything. And so what I what I brought up on the YouTube video is. It doesn't seem like there's a new Maya or a truer Maya. It seems like, once again, she's not actually a badass because she's been influenced by Riley, which has been the whole 
quote-unquote problem throughout this entire thing is that she's not a badass anymore because she's been overly influenced by Riley. So now she's just, it's just, oh, we t- well, we toned it down a little bit and let her be a little aggressive, so now it's yeah. okay. But she still wasn't able to actually do anything So then going forward, bad. is she just going to act like how she's always been acting from yeah. here? I think nothing's changed in yeah. anything. And so I will say... Because at the end, she's like, oh, I, I'm i never going to do anything bad yeah, again. Yeah, When was the first time? Yeah, like, um, so then what was the point of this arc? Nothing. Yeah, there wasn't an arc. What was the point of this identity crisis? Like, like, literally, like, this is the ending to something that didn't have a beginning or a middle. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the, or an ending. Yeah, like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it kind of had an end. Like, the ending of her saying, like, I'm stronger because I know not to do that now, that could be the culmination of an arc. But all that is is the return of the place yeah. she never left. Yeah, it, well, it, she never even was. That's the thing. So there's no beginning because we never saw her be badass. There's no middle where she, where she like, Stops stopped being. being badass or then became too badass and had to learn to not... Yeah, other be- than wardrobe. Yeah, and so it's literally just, we talked about how she was badass, then we talked about how she wasn't badass even though nothing had changed. Now we talked about how she might be too badass again, but no, now she's just all the way she always was. Like, it, it's... Yeah. It's a mess. And just in case the listeners think that I'm losing my edge, I will bring up, at the risk of being to me, I still am calling costume of the idea here very much. I am just recognizing certain things that I see in there moving forward. It it definitely is a a nosedive. It it certainly is one of those episodes where the second half was a nosedive. I'm not arguing against that at all. Mm. I'm just saying, throughout everything, there are little snippets here and there that make me yeah. think that this was a C minus and not a D episode. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I mean, uh, even like I'm saying, some of the lines I think worked as a cul- as a conclusion that like, would have been good lines. Her like her doing the headlock and saying "I know who I am" could have been okay in a, a different context. Yeah. Maybe just like, put her in some boots. Yeah, like or just don't. I I don't understand why it led to a fight. Like why I think she should have actually done something. I I just that's the thing is it's hard for me to like be, like, non-emotionally critical about this episode because I just really wanted what it seemed like that promo was giving us, which is she actually goes too far. She actually does something bad, and she actually has to deal with those ramifications. GMW plot twists are really dumb. What? GMW plot twists are really dumb. Especially because the twist is always there's no twist. The twist (sighs) is always there was no plot in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Twist, so scene, yeah. <laughs> scene nine, Maya committed vandalism. Um, Except not really. She um, cleaned it up and painted a colorful mural with an inspirational message. <laughs> We're not there yet. Literally, when the cop was like, "I'll go show you," I was like, "Oh my god, she cleaned the park. <laughs> she cleaned the park, didn't she? <laughs> yep, she cleaned the park." Seems like a full house thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Riley would bring a lemon meringue pie for Maya and her jailbird friends again. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned her lemon dress yet. Yeah. It was pretty great. That was good. Riley likes yellow. Was she feeling shame this episode? Is she team instinct? Yellow is shame, right? That's what it was. The yellow is the color color of shame. That's from semi-formal. I don't recall. I believe that that was the thing in semi-formal. Yeah, you're the color of shame. I'm the color of mysticism. Field (laughs) Mysticism. Much like this whole show and the magic of paint. They had a field trip with the cop. Scene 10. Everything with the cop is all back and forth. Hey, let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. (laughs) Uh, She goes, I had a brick in my hand because someone went after you. 
I mean, I know the the statue symbolizes that, but you had the brick before that happened. In but, fact, you were gonna break her. Well, that to me, men- I think that's mentioning the part when she's sort of fending them off, for lack of yeah. better words. Uh, I don't know. She talks about how I would have been them, if, but but I'm not. If I threw a brick, it would have made me weak. I'm strong because something that st- stops me now will Riley never let have... me do any real damage. I'll call it Dor- Dorothy. Riley should have come and tried to stop her, and then the girls threatened Riley, and that's mm. when Maya... Then, like, the girl should have actually threatened Riley instead of the paper mache version of her. Well, no, to me, that's not what she was upset about. She was upset about But I'm saying, saying that would have been better. I don't know about that. That's a little heavy Well, it's already not good. <laughs> okay, but what, to me, when she says they threatened you, it had nothing to do with the statue. It had to do more with, oh... Oh, your friend Dorothy? Yeah. What was the thing? They, they threatened... And they were saying you make... You, he's making you worse. He's making yeah. you weak. The pa- so the parasite of Riley inside Maya. It's more like she was defending her honor, honestly, yeah. is what it actually was. It was defending her idea of her. And defending the idea that he has been good for her, right. which is the exact opposite of what this entire arc has been, yeah. which is why I'm just so confused, because... Each episode in this arc flips flop back and forth, but the problem is, contained within each unit, it's all wholly agreeing with the message of that episode. Yeah, it's just, like, I mean, honestly, the only thing I can really take away looking back at what we've seen so far is Riley was upset that Maya didn't have the fight in her anymore, and now she has fight back. But, you know, that was such a weird roundabout way of doing it, you know, and such a weird roundabout way of not, again, I always come back to, oh, my best friend doesn't have any fight with her, she seems really upset, Clearly, he has depression or is depressed about something. Not clearly, he is me. Even though like, it's so strange. I bet and, it would be worse if you took all the arc and then washed it back to back at the end. It, it might be. It probably would be worse. I mean, the distance it can only help at this yeah. point because you could be like, "What? I want to get so distant what? from this episode. Why? <laughs> That's not what happened. This is the lesson. That's the lesson." I mean, because we, we we talk all of they talk so much in Triangle about how oh you know you're getting good grades now you're you're not you know they're not doing this you're not doing that it's like and then I'm and, of you. but then ultimately the lesson is Riley had a good influence on her and, and, and which, but it took four hours to which, get which, which, which might have maybe sort of worked if it was Riley who had the arc here and Riley was wrong and realized, and thought that he was but changing. Riley's not the main character. Yeah. <laughs> Like Riley, Riley creates this problem that isn't a problem, and then and then he takes the credit, even though what the good thing is Riley's the opposite the of, of what he thought. Yep. The good thing is, oh, you, I actually did have a good influence on you. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Oh, this arc. Can we please get out of this freaking arc? I did like you the know whole. What? It's so sad. Yeah. That this is the thing. This is the thing. Hey guys, let's spend time on this. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like this is gonna be the big arc that they're gonna want to be remembered for. Like Boy Meets World, like had like the Pittsfield arc. Pittsfield. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had oh. No. Oh, the Pittsfields. Uh, uh, so there I... is a town called Pittsfield. I know. <laughs> is it New Hampshire? It's in Massachusetts. Uh, or is it? Um, so Might as well basically, what I'll say is. Everything they have on their plate, all the good things in front of them that mm-hmm. they could do, the actors that they have available, yeah. the storylines they could have done with these characters, and this is what they choose. And literally even within the context of an identity crisis. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know we harp on, like, you could be doing LGBTQ issues, but, like, if you're gonna... You could be. But you could be, and it would be so <laughs> much better. It's not. I don't even feel like it's us being biased. Artistically, it, like, literally would be so much better than this. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dan, you spelled Dorothy wrong. Did I? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I wrote a lot of things. I did like the thing about her swinging the hammer over her head and she scared them away. They ran so fast. That was a pretty good performance. I, 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 I think Sabrina did a good job delivering that. Um, so the cop's like, I'm gonna write this up. I'll misplace the folder. And you literally don't have to write it at all. <laughs> and if I never hear from you hoodlums again, then the folder remains misplaced. And then we get one of the best lines, I'm a hoodlum. <laughs> I love Rowan, because that was just straight up, like, deadpan Rowan. That wasn't Riley. Speaking of pan, I just love Speaking how pan. <laughs> the camera pans to the side. Peter. And have her, and she just, like, is slinking into the middle of the shot. Yeah. And then she's just, like face is just blank and I'm like I'm a hoodlum see <laughs> Daniel Fishel directed this episode I believe and I do want to say he did do a lot with camera work there were a lot more pans and zooms and things than usual the lighting was solid I want to give her credit for that I still think that working with the kids the actors you know she did not get a great performance out of some of these people Daniel but... Fishel just seems really uncomfortable with teenagers and preteens uh, I feel like he seems more uncomfortable with little kids that too. I just... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She just She's seems, probably just pissed is, at this point. She's she just, just seems uncomfortable in general. Just because we talked about it this episode and we're talking about Danielle Fischel and her being pissed is like... One of her biggest things was that her first kiss was on camera and she didn't want that. So what does Danielle Fischel think of the chin kiss, I wonder? It's a good question. Because she, she, she did not want that for Rowan. And yeah. so, I mean, I don't know if it was Rowan's first kiss, but it was still, like... She was, like, 13 when she had the even the yeah. Lucas kiss. Yeah, so... Yeah. Maybe even 12. I think she was 13 by then. Yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not... I really... I don't want it to come off like I'm, like, slamming Daniel Fischel's acting. I, I know that she's capable of so much more, and that's the issue. And it, it just... Mm. She's just not doing what he could be doing. And I don't know if it, he's unhappy. I don't know if it's the direction. I don't know if it's the way they're writing the character. But it just... Probably just a combination. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the tag, and they talk about the statue of the friends together. It's the core four. It's when really she was creepy statue. When she was really oh, young. Yes, just hideous <laughs> statue. When she was really young, she used to look at the friends and wonder uh, if she'd ever have good friends like that, and now she does, and it's heartwarming. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that, to me, is very strange about this, like, I understand that she, when she was very young, she might have been lonely, and like her looking at the, the the kids part isn't that weird to me. The thing that's very strange to me is when was she a badass with Renee and Carla? When did they know of her as when part of the bad? Yeah, like like we know <laughs> when she was at Doy's age stealing candy. We know how young she was when she met Riley, and we know that maybe was... she they weren't. I don't know because this seems like it would be a rewriting, but maybe she built up being close to Riley and was still doing bad things when they I were mean, early I mean, I guess. I mean, they knew of Riley's existence, so there must have been some overlap, but to me, it's, like, hard for me to believe that there was any badassery going on anywhere before the age of, like, 11. Well, here's... Like, let me... <laughs> this is my idea. Yeah. And again, being gracious here. Yeah. Before the pilot, mm. we're expected to believe that she went too far. Yeah. She probably knew these girls very casually. Yeah. And she may have also only alluded to things or had a certain air about her. Yeah. That they assumed certain things and because of conversations or things like that or very casual interactions. Mm. So I don't think it was like this then that. I just think that she also knew Riley but hadn't changed her wardrobe yet. <laughs> so there wasn't an issue there and just happened to 
go too far, and that means standing on the desk. Um, <laughs> she would have burned the place also, down. Also, if these are girls that Maya knows from what I assume is just from the neighborhood, the <laughs> if they live there, why don't they go to the same school either? These zoning districts make zero sense. <laughs> Well, because they don't go to school. May- well, may- maybe they don't. Maybe they don't live there where they just hang in that park. That there's turf. Yeah, I don't know. Unlikely. <laughs> I don't know. It's all very strange. Their zoning districts suck. No. I do want to say, you know what? The, what these girls reminded me of characters that actually should be in the school <laughs> as a majority. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they reminded me of? They reminded me of the way the street kids on Gotham act, except like, <laughs> a, like a little bit worse version of that. Like they really, like, I was reminded of like criticisms I've read of how they how Bruce when, he, when he just punches someone with the watch. Yes, that was oh oh my god, oh Gotham. But I was thinking about Cat Catwoman in from Gotham the entire time. And I was just like, this is like a much worse version. That, and she wasn't even that great to begin with. Is that show like continuing? Yeah, it is. Like it has fun. What season yeah. is it going on? Into three then in the fall i believe i think i only watched season one <laughs> i didn't finish season one i skipped part oh, okay we're on a different tangent. <laughs> all right <laughs> mail time great mise-en-scene though that's the height of that yeah. show much like the best part of that scene with the hoodlums yeah yeah all right mail time mail time mail time this first email is from Aaron. This is perfectly Ari from Twitter. I guest watched True Maya and I had some thoughts that can't be contained in 140 characters. Cannot be contained! <laughs> uh, this may be a little of a long email, so I apologize in advance. That's an understatement, <laughs> but we'll keep going. Yes, True Maya just didn't hit the spot for me. Something about this storyline feels so completely off. I know it's because I don't buy their Maya turning into Riley thing, but that's because I've come to realize that everything in this show is rushed. I feel like they never completely finish anything or have a real arc, except this frustrating, never-ending triangle. Not to me- triangle. Not to mention, so many parts of this were awkward. Maya was acting crazy. Riley was acting crazier. <laughs> Farkle randomly kissed Maya's nose out of nowhere in a strange show of affection. It was completely disjointed. At least where Riley and Maya are concerned, I, I want to believe that's because Riley can't be Riley without Maya and vice versa. But I don't know. I still think the writers wrote themselves into a hole and are having a hell of a time dig- digging themselves out. And I think I they're digging themselves farther in. Yeah, yeah I mean, because they, like Riley, create problems that don't exist. I mean, because they're worse. mole people and they like the underground and they're going to take this hole as far as it can go. Things, Pigeon moles. Things were definitely better in Legacy. I know people had issues in Legacy. Things were definitely better in Legacy. And you didn't have to do this arc at all. Just skip right to Ski Lodge and just end the triangle. That could have been the season finale. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And again, the order of the episodes last year can't possibly be helping. The triangle or three si- <laughs> or three-sided whatever thing you called it on Twitter is the worst. Three-sided square. <laughs> I'm I'm one of the few that never really bought it in the first place, probably because I didn't want the show to resort to that. I've said it before, Boy Meets World didn't need a Cory to paying a Sean triangle for it to work, and this show didn't need that either, just because it's about girls, and of course, the only thing girls have in their lives that is interesting is boys! 
And for God's sake, if the writers want us to stop focusing on the relationships, can they please stop writing these kids into this major flirty love fest? If they want us to believe that Farkle doesn't like Riley, or is it Maya question mark? Because now he's kissed the other one. Oh, I do want to throw in that reminds me before I continue the email. Some people were wondering, oh, did they put in this Farkle kissing the nose thing to, as, balance, it to balance it out so that the Ryarkle people couldn't ke- keep talking about Honestly, the probably, and yeah. that's asinine. Yeah. That's, that's also gross. <laughs> and you know what? This is the episode they threw in to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> you th- that, the what? Great things <laughs> the- to come. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, if they want us to believe that Farkle doesn't like blah, blah, blah. Or if they want us to believe that the triangle is over after Skylark, can we make these kids normal friends? I don't know about you, but I didn't go around at 15 narrating my life without ever really saying anything. Anyway. I mean, I don't know. I think I did. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I use Facebook for. That's, um. what I, that's what I use the Morgan Freeman voice changer for. <laughs> What's interesting about that is Lucas did none of that here. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas has gotten better. Lucas In that respect, Lucas yeah. the good. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. There's a reason I wrote this email. And <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Here it comes. We're just getting And good. it's market research and Disney Channel. In my real life, I am a senior manager of customer insights such marketing research for a pretty big retail company. I was at a conference recently with a programming director for NBC Universal, and he talked a lot about how social media helps to define the way... Uh, they write their storylines. He had a particularly interesting story about NCIS and how they were going one way with the storyline and then did it an about face due to social media outcry and fan theories. I was in this conference months ago and it kind of made me sick because I immediately thought of this show and its rabid fan base. I've That's never a good way to put it. <laughs> I've never been a part of a fan base that is this vocal about telling a writer how to write his show. If <laughs> we do that plenty, but hopefully in a different way, for different reasons. <laughs> If NBC Universal is telling, also I do that for literally every show I watch. Um, if NBC Universal is telling his showrunners how to write a show, surely Disney does too. I don't know if Michael Jacobs got pressured pressure from Disney to include this storyline, and then, in my opinion, got stuck because of Uriah's accident, or if he always planned to go, it to go this way and then got stuck. Ahem. Or if he was pressured by Twitter and decided to go with it and then maybe probably got stuck. But I think it's interesting. (laughs) But he's still stuck. Yes. Um, Especially since he vocally hates the triangle such thinks it was a mistake. I just wish that I believed that he was writing his story his way. And right now I'm not sure that I believe that he's being completely true to his original vision, whatever that was. Anyway. Unfortunately, I do think he is, and that's the problem. I see. Okay, so someone sent us a long... Twitter, a long YouTube thing, kind of explaining, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but how Uriah was supposed, Josh was supposed to be in New Year's, and that originally the triangle was supposed to end in New Year's, he had the flu and he couldn't be in that episode, then he was supposed to be in Legacy, he was supposed to end in Legacy, he had your accident, and it got postponed. So, if all that's true, which, Uriah. if all that's true, though... Then the, everything is hinging on at all. We need Josh in order to end this triangle, which has nothing to do with him, and, and, which has nothing to do with him, and so which means somebody ends up with Josh. Even before <laughs> that, it, it be never had anything to do with him. I wasn't thinking about Josh. Well, you know, I was thinking about it in the context of this is weird, but in Texas, Josh has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, that's the thing. So why do they need Uriah? It, so even if it isn't like oh Maya ends up with him, if it is like he's the only person who can get through to her for whatever reason, that seems 
seems like BS to me. I feel like other people have closer relationships to her than he does. Riley? Um, yeah. <laughs> Riley, Corey. Even Lucas yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I... And I don't want it to end in Yashaya, because even if someone got me to accept that relationship as a possibility, it would. Ne- I do not want it right now. It's way too soon. And so... I think they just think they're not... That they're only going to have a season four, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, I just... I really... I don't know. I really... I, I, maybe they can convince me that that Josh waiting for Josh is worth it. But even if they had a great idea for Josh, I think that it was time back in Legacy to say, "Well, we can't do what we wanted to do. Let's let's not let's drag it out. Let's do yeah, something else." Yeah, if you're a good writer, you can switch it up. <laughs> yeah, just switch it up a little bit, okay? Because people have been also saying that the identity crisis was supposed to be in season two, also. But that they, doesn't make much sense. Either, that 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 uh, Josh was supposed to f- solve the identity crisis, so they didn't. So mm. I don't know. It's so also terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also good. Also good. <laughs> Moving to gay. Hi, Caitlin, Keith, and Dan. Hi. Hi. Yo. First off, I wanted to say that I am a big fan of the podcast and the YouTube channel. As someone who has also grown up with Boy Meets World, I really appreciate the intellectual, reasoned discussion you guys have about Girl Meets World, its strengths and its weaknesses, and how it can be improved. Wow, thanks. Thanks for the kindness. I didn't dude. expect that at all. <laughs> I watched Girl Meets True Maya today, and while I normally My wait... Condolences. <laughs> and while I normally wait for your podcast, I guess really needed to discuss or vent my thoughts on the show to people who would actually understand. Let it out, Jay. Let it out. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Why is Lucas dumb all, the, all of a sudden? Kaylin said in the previous episode of the podcast that Lucas was, has essentially become a prop. Yep. Uh, I think this <laughs> no. episode really underlined that thinking. I feel like he has become a really flat character this season as we haven't really seen any character development. Even the choice which could have been used as an opportunity for reflection and character growth, was totally undermined by the fact that, A, we never found out his decision, uh, and what decision he made, and, and why, and B, we didn't see him working out his issues with either of the girls. Granted, it's been a little while since I was 15, but I'm pretty sure they are capable of talking to each other one-on-one. Um, I do want to throw in also, I wonder, I've talked before about how I feel like, if handled right, Peyton slash Lucas could be the Eric of this show. Yeah. And I wonder <laughs> if that's tied into making him less intelligent. I like that idea. Um, <laughs> but that's also dumb. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's tied there, into... There's a sweet spot. Yeah. There's yeah. a sweet spot. I think the problem is, where they started was Mr. Perfect. They yeah. Have the, and that is the issue. So if he he can't have everything... So they have to pick something. See, He's gone from being the cowboy to the rodeo clown. I have to be. I have to be honest. I don't oh. mind this change. And yeah. I mean, obviously, we've had we had much bigger changes in Boy Meets World than switching from someone being slightly smart to someone being slightly dumb. He's not like he's a moron here. Yeah. He's just being. And it's not like he was a genius before. Yeah. So I don't. I uh, honestly do you, don't really mind this. Do you think that pushes forth more that he's just a face? Isn't he um, though? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, right now he's a prop, so... I, I mean, I don't... He has real emotion. He has real things that he cares about. He has... Yeah, they, they just wildly change episode to episode. Yeah. What pushes that is not this. What pushes that is his lack of alone time. His lack of doing real decisions. Yeah. This, him being funny and goofy, 
that to me, yes, he's a Flash character, but he's always been a Flash character. I, you know, this I, is almost fleshing him out in a unique way that I can buy. I feel like we're being a little unfair. He has an interesting backstory. He's repeatedly has shown he has some anger issues. He has things that he cares about. He is trying to be a better person. He has interests. We show that he has the rodeo thing. He. It's not like... He, and it, this is why we need to see his home life so we yeah. can see him go home and his dad can be like, hey, Chip, how's the two girlfriends working out? He's had vulnerability. I, 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 I think certainly not the flattest of character, yeah. but still, compare him to. I mean, I would argue he's more complex than Eric was in season two. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I, but Eric wasn't a main character. Yeah. Well, no, he completely was a main character. He had storylines almost every episode. He had more storylines than Lucas has had at this point. I. It's a weird, you know. We that, knew Eric's background. We knew his parents. That's a weird discussion. <laughs> I, I want. I want to postpone that to another time. Was mm-hmm. who is more uh, a main character, Eric or Lucas, at season? Well, so so by season, here's the thing, by season three, by the end of season three, I believe we have the Weatherman arc, which is when, to me, Eric really starts becoming more and more of a person, and we're not quite there yet with Lucas, but as far as if you compare season two Lucas to season two Eric, I think Lucas is more of a character. Like I said, let's postpone it, because I think it's actually really interesting, and there's some good ideas in there. Alright, I think this episode really under... Okay. Okay. (laughs) I thought maybe that here's what I know, Farkle bit in the classroom was set up for uh, a cafe scene where Maya sort of reinforces their roles in the group with Farkle being the genius. However, this is well established and I think all the scene really did was make Lucas seem even more just a face. Something Farkle later hammers home when Lucas can't do accents. That was great, though. But, like, to me, the a- not doing accents is exactly an example of him not being just the face. And it's being an, a character. Yeah, being yeah. a dork. Like, you know... Um, in yearbook, Lucas gives an impassioned monologue about how you essentially shouldn't be influenced by what other people say you are because you'll never become what you're meant to be. Scenes like the classroom scene in True Maya just undermine that commentary because we are basically seeing Lucas becoming just a face, something Fargo has albeit facetiously, labeled him for quite some time. The writers are sort of undercutting some of the life lessons they're trying to instill in previous episodes for purposes that don't really seem to advance the plot. And they literally labeled him the face yeah. in Master Plan. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting about that delineation is the face exists in the universe of the show, but not in the universe of the character. So a true the face is not somebody who is dumb and goofy and just pretty a true the face is just someone who is a a pretty boy in this case who just becomes convenient in whatever way the plot needs them to be i mean yeah usually not and usually the implication is it's the actor that's bad not the character i mean he he's edging into the problem he's there like i think that they've had enough with him that he isn't just the face but he definitely is edging into the problem of that territory of him simply just being there to look pretty. But to me, the thing is, I don't think he's ever been vapid, and I think that that is an important aspect of being a face. To me, I think Josh is more of a the face than Lucas is, by far. Yes, I completely agree with that. Alright, so, in short, Bro is a scholar-athlete award-winning human person. He can have a brain, a face, and be athletic. It would probably make him better rounded if there were more facets to his character. I really hope dumb Lucas is a one-off thing because it would be the shame for them to go down that road. Now, I actually disagree. Mm. I think him having all those things points to him more being the face. Because, again, the face is something Mm. that exists about the show, not necessarily... 
oh, in the show we're talking about this character so being you, the face. That is the meta. You know, I, what you're saying, what you're talking, you're using the face in the term of Mr. Perfect. That if he sort was all, all the things at once, that he'd be the perfect, the perfect boyfriend that any girl can like and hold face, up on a pedestal. Face is rectangle as Mr. Perfect is to square. Okay. So that it certainly can fit into that category, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Uh, he did say about the accent scene was pretty funny. Um, so to me, I think there's a, a very easy, slight shift you could do here. Again, I don't necessarily imagine that much if he's a little dumb. But I, I think what you do is you make him... There's a difference between dopey and stupid. Yeah. And, and, and it's also... And it's something that they've attempted to do with Riley, which is that Riley's dopey, but he's still supposed to be smart, which they've succeeded here yeah, and there, yeah, yeah. here and there. Um, and it's like, I don't think he could be being stupid in class unless he's joking around. Right. And he can be goofy. I think he could be a yeah. goof, not a, not stupid. Aye, there's the rub. If yeah. he had known a little bit more about Vesuvius, yeah. everything else was fine. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have to know a lot, just a little bit. Yeah. The problem is he should Anything. not He should not have been the athlete scholar. Yeah. That's the problem. He, he, he can't have everything. Yeah. Two, I am so freaking tired of this damn triangle. You are not <laughs> the only one. Okay, so this is a triangle that really doesn't exist. And we shouldn't focus on it because ultimately the show is about friendship, right? So why drag this out? Personally, I find it a little insulting to the viewership when, on the one hand, the writers are telling us that this whole thing doesn't matter and shouldn't be focused on the show. And on the other hand, they have painfully protracted the whole story arc. Frankly, I think that the whole triangle doesn't exist should have been settled in New Year's or Legacy at the latest. The reason is that the triangle that doesn't exist actually does exist because the writers have been sho- shoving it in our faces for like 17 episodes. episodes. Whether I would even argue it doesn't exist, but they want you to think it exists. <laughs> Whether they meant it to try or not, the writers have allowed this triangle to, to essentially frame our entire perspective of Riley, Lucas, and Maya's friendship and interactions. The comments they make about each other... Deep down, Maya's beautiful, or I'd recognize you anywhere, Riley. Get consult, get, get uh, construed by the viewers to be indicative of something that is perhaps different than what the writers intended. These aren't how teenagers <laughs> talk. I don't know. When Riley kissed Maya on the bay window last episode. <laughs> What was it? I, I can do something. Yeah, look, like, something, I, else something, I can can do. Do. something else I can do. It's hard to remind myself this This is a show about friendship when there is this elephant in the room influencing my perspective. Now, a really loud elephant. A really loud elephant. Taking a bath. Now, I wrote a thing a while back I want to quickly read that this, this reminded me of. <laughs> Keith is a really loud elephant. Um, I wrote a thing that was in, re- in response to the YouTube comp that I don't know if I actually sent to the YouTuber, but it was, it was sort of my thoughts in response to them saying, oh, it was all because they were putting it off for Josh and stuff. And so I wrote, you know, if the writers came out honestly and were like, hey, our plans were got derailed and we are doing our best to fix it, then I'd respect them a little bit more. Instead, they're smugly act like this was planned all along. It doesn't matter why or how legit their reasons are for drawing out this triangle. At this, at the end of the day, it is dragged out and they made a huge amount of the show about a triangle. Just admit it. And there's no coincidences. Yeah. The jerks. And like, if you admit that it was out of your control and you're trying to fix it, that's okay. I'm not gonna like be like you suck. I hate you because your eye was in an accident. I, 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 <laughs> Michael Jacobs tried to kill Uriah. That's not confirmed. confirmed. Not confirmed. confirmed. Number not confirmed. confirmed. Number three. 
Maya's with a rusty spoon. <laughs> no, Maya's identity crisis. I don't really mind this as a concept. All the other major characters have gone through some sort of self-realization throughout the show thus far. For every far. episode. <laughs> For Lucas, it happened prior to his transfer to New York, but we have gotten glimpses of it in various episodes. For Riley and Farkle, it happened in various extents in Yearbook, I Am Farkle, and Jessica, etc. Maya has never really had that sort of transformative reflection that the others have had, and I think that maybe it was time. That said, I really disagree with the way that it was done, and I totally agree with Keith that it would have been a lot better if the writers showed us in a more subtle way across several episodes instead of just basically coming out and telling us all of a sudden, she's got good grades and where's be- and where's butterflies, see, she's Riley. I'm just yeah. not buying, I'm just not buying that. I think the whole thing could have been handled better, and I wasn't ha- totally happy with the resolution in this episode. Four. What resolution? <laughs> Super worried ski log. Okay. Sure. Guys, just, just a little bit. Uh, Super worried ski log. Okay, go. So I want some input here. I think you guys have touched on it in previous episodes of the podcast, but it seems likely that Riley and Lucas is the ultimate pairing with Maya coupling up with Josh. However, I really feel like the writers have gone out of their way to make us infer that Maya was ultimately Lucas's choice at the end of Upstate. So. <laughs> Sean's gonna be Maya's dad type person. What way? Wait, wait, can you explain? Really say that better. If Sean's gonna be Maya's stepfather, yeah. And Josh is Riley's uncle, yeah. It's just really weird if she dates him because Riley call like Calls I know he, I know he's not a Matthews, but he is yeah. at the same time because Some, everyone's a parasite on this family. I, I believe I believe Megan t- tweeted us about that today. Actually, okay, yeah, oh, that, that's like because like seeing awkward. Josh and Riley's name next to each other, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like where Josh comes from because mm-hmm. it's like hard to remember he's a Matthews, yeah. honestly, because he doesn't act like any of them, and they don't show him enough in a family yeah. context. Well, don't show him off at all right now because yeah. he was an axe. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. When I rewatched Upstate and Triangle, I really sensed that Lucas picked Maya based on the totality of a uh, totality of the evidence. Again, all of this might be influenced by the fact that I am essentially interpreting every comment and exchange in the context of the triangle. But it seems to me that he was genuinely interested in whether Maya found herself all almost disappointed when she told him he picked Riley. Uh, and also, little upset in True Maya that she tells the group she doesn't know she's like what she likes anymore. Combined with the fact that there really haven't been any quality Lucas Riley moments for a while, gives me the sense that we are being pushed in a certain direction shipwise. So this conflicts with what it seems to be the ultimate pairings, uh, what the ultimate pairings are going to be. Um, I'm going to stop there for a second and say I forget who I was talking. It might have been Nan was saying that there used there was originally more to the scene uh, where. Maya came in with the purple paint on, yeah. and that it, it maybe made it seem more like he was going to pick Riley, and well, then they then cut it out. Well, then why hasn't he ever, like, been like, hey, Riley, can I talk to you for a sec? <laughs> and so... It really, like, it's a, honestly, why are any of them trying to date each other at this point? Because it's stupid. And so that it... And nonsensical. It almost seems like they cut the scene the way they did to keep the game going the, pressure, the yeah. question of yeah. oh that's sickening yeah like it's so it's that's sickening <laughs> you're sicking me Michael Jacobs I will get you one day my concern is that Skila and that in Skilag 
we are going to see Josh reintroduced into the picture, having been absent since well before any overt feelings between Maya and Lucas were expressed on screen. I'm predicting that she is going to realize that Josh is who she wants, not Lucas. This isn't to say that she doesn't like him, didn't like him, or only liked him because she was Riley. I just think she is going to favor Josh. I'm worried that, absent from some very carefully crafted dialogue scenes, it might come across like Lucas picks Riley by default. I don't know if that... Awesome. <laughs> I don't know if that will be intentional, but I can totally see it coming across that way. I really think that any Josh Maya realization needs to be coupled with Lucas realizing it was Riley all along for any resolution to seem legitimate. Otherwise... I can just see see everyone being underwhelmed by the resolution of a horribly drawn-out storyline that we have waited way, way, way too long to see come to a close. Also, for the love of God, can these kids just talk about to each other one-on-one? You know what's the best way to not resolve a Sonic Triangle? Spend time with both girls at the same time, always. <laughs> Overall, I didn't mind the episode. I just wish there was more. Thanks, guys. I uh, can't wait for the podcast. Um, thank you, Jay. Thank you so much. And also... Every time Riley calls out to Maya, do you still like Lucas? It's really awkward and usually in front of Lucas. Mm. So why doesn't she ever ask, hey, by the way, also, do you still like my uncle? <laughs> BT, yeah, that would be a great argument for Riley, being like, I thought you liked Josh. Why? Yeah. What's up with this? It's like, geez, you like my uncle? You like the boy I like? <laughs> you like me? <laughs> you, aren't, uh, you aren't me, you like me. Mm. She Lots likes her. Of... She really likes her, Maya. <laughs> So I have everything to, comes back to Raya. For one thing, there's literally no resolution to this that I would be happy with. I just want to move past it. I don't care what it is. Just give me people actually dating and yeah, forget just, about this. Just scrap yeah. the resolution. I don't even care if they date anymore. I want them to never see each other again. Everyone needs to go to a different state at this point. Now I have Say to Texas, Lucas to Alaska. Now I have a theory. He's a crab fisherman now. I, I have a theory I want to put forward that I just thought of. Uh-huh. So so given the connections of the Lauren arc. And given that, like, the the thesis of the end of the Lauren arc is that a kiss doesn't have to mean anything, do you think Lucas and Maya will actually, actually share a kiss in part one, and that will be what proves to Lucas that he actually cares about Riley? Just remember, as you say that, yeah. that that picture I showed you that I found on Twitter of the juxtaposition of the... Lauren picture and the picture from this next episode yeah. of one with Corey in the middle and Topanga and Lauren on either side, another yeah. one with Riley in the middle and um, Lucas and Maya. Lucas and Maya on either yeah. side. So, what is your point? The implications of that. I, you're making <laughs> weird implications. I mean, I don't. Why is I, it weird? <laughs> it's the picture. <laughs> implications that aren't legitimate. <laughs> Um, alright. To you. To reality. Okay, read Megan's. Yeah. So, I get to read Megan's email this week because I'm not trusted enough to read the long ones because I will vocalize punctuation. <laughs> okay, and away we go. He's gonna say the periods. Megan writes in this week. Everyone started. That's not even punctuation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, um... I'm cringing. (laughs) I wasn't a huge fan of this episode because I was expecting Maya to do something bad. This episode kind of reminded me that Boy Meets World episode, Wrong Side of the Tracks, where Frankie, Joey, and Harley were pressuring Sean to do bad, bad things. But in the wrong side of the track, Corey and Mr. Turner has to stop Sean. In True Maya, however, she kind of stops herself. This episode also reminded me of a Mr. Feeney quote. 
If you let people's perception of you dictate your behavior, you will never grow as a person. Riley expected her to do something bad, and those girls wanted Maya to do something bad. But I think Maya realized that by her doing something bad, like putting a brick through a window, it would not make her grow as a person at all, or help her find her true self. Because her true self is the self she was before this arc even happened. Rainbow. <laughs> I mean, because her true I, self I, is rainbow. The thing that's funny is that I feel like that Feeny quote actually connects better to yearbook and what they were saying before about how like don't let other people's perceptions control you. Like, There's, oh my god, you're having an integration, yeah. right? Right, you are right. Yeah. Um, and here's so the idea of Corey growing at, into a Mister Feeny state is interesting. However, we don't see enough of his growth. Yeah. And they need a Mr. Feeney. And they'd also... They need yeah. both, the, both those things at the same time. Yeah. They, they need a Mr. Feeney for anything to ever make sense because no one can figure out it on their own right now. Yeah. And... But it's still interesting, the idea of Corey growing, but he's not. Yeah, I'm a And little... he can't write more than one word on the damn chalkboard. What You know what I'm getting nervous of is that, you remember, like, last year, at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, at the beginning of the season, they're introducing Lucas's backstory. This is clearly going to be an important element throughout the season. So this season, <laughs> they started out with multiple episodes about Corey struggling to be a high school teacher and how he has to grow. And it's like, oh, okay, clearly this is going to be an important element of the season going forward. I'm a little worried that we were seeing history repeat itself and that that will not be an important thing going forward. Okay. It's, I don't know. It's, you're, you're right. We need a Feeny. And, you know, it, a very easy small thing to change that is we do need more scenes of if him guessed with one of the kids. It doesn't yeah. even have to be Riley. It could be Fargo. It could be a scene alone with Lucas. He, it could have been Maya this episode. Yeah. Even Topanga can take on Feeny role. Yeah. And she should. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It just add to her Barbie yeah. character. No, that's different. No, because yeah. that would it be would more It would obviously Topanga. make her better. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would we didn't even get Sean and Sean and uh, Maya alone in this arc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this next email is a follow-up about Upstate. Holly writes in, last week, episode was like a beautiful house. Enjoyable to look at, but upon close inspection, foundation and framing were made of repurposed materials, threatening a collapse. Now, I will say, architecturally, repurposed materials does not necessarily mean uh, it's going to collapse. It can be just fine. Recycle, guys. Um, I question reality of a 15-year-old girl having an identity crisis when all of her parts and brain aren't fully developed yet. Individual audience members can interpret episodes differently based on their own life experiences. However, there is no logic or substantive argument to the lead-up of Maya losing herself. I offer instead a girl's coming-out story, coming to terms with her overwhelming feelings for Riley and not being able to verbalize them. I accept. (laughs) Thus coming out to her in art. You're screaming, Miss Hart. In addition, mirroring Riley's style of dress because sometimes, when in love, two become one. And when asked by Lucas, what do you want, she says she wants to learn who she is. She knows who she is, she's just afraid to be her. She also says in this episode, I don't even know what I like anymore. The final scene at the bay window that caused a large percentage of the viewers to hold their collective breath in the OMG, Riley's gonna kiss her moment. Exactly! (laughs) Was pivotal, if only to confirm the story we are all seeing. Though not the story the writers are trying to sell. With that said, wouldn't mind Maya keeping the purple hair for a while. 
liked how Sean brought the bus portrait from his Philly trailer to the cabin. Disliked speed of proposal and the story being told uh, instead of seeing it unfold. I am in agreement with all of your observations in this podcast and especially enjoyed your analysis. Thanks. Thanks, Holly. Thanks. Write in more. <laughs> so I Be a little meaner next time. For us. <laughs> Please. Oh, I like nice Holly. Stay nice, Holly. So I had some random upstate thoughts that I thought about when I was uh, editing our podcast last week. what a great time to put them in. Yeah. So one thing, so we had talked about how is Maya having an identity crisis at this age, uh, like believable, relatable, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, okay, but we have to examine this more carefully though, because Sean at this age had tons of identity crisis issues and they made the joke about you found yourself 76 times. To me, so I think that, Having a, it, the, the big difference for me is he was figuring out who he was as opposed to saying, I'm not being me, I'm being someone else. Yeah. That's it, the biggest issue. His, his was just growing up versus psychosis. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, Gomez World has this thing about preordination that just keeps coming around. Yeah. It, it, there's a difference between saying, like, I'm trying to figure out who I am, which of course is a part of adolescence, versus saying, I'm not who I'm supposed to be, or I'm not me, I'm becoming someone else. Yeah. It, it's, yes, you're becoming someone else, you're growing up, every adolescent is becoming someone else. <laughs> okay. They're going from a caterpie to a butterfly. Now, this, my metabot is evolving! <laughs> my second thing I want to talk about is how I think a lot of what happened with Sean and, Sean and Katie might have made sense, and the whole thing about, like, oh, what I was doing with... I was always trying to be Cory and Topanga. Might have made sense under the guise of, I was always looking for perfection, and that because of that perfection, and I saw that it could exist, I couldn't just let go and take a leap and say, you know what, things aren't perfect with Katie, but I'll take a leap. And that that could have been an arc that, like, oh, things aren't perfect, but you know what, I love her, and that's enough, we're gonna try to make this work. The problem is they didn't show it not being perfect. They didn't show him, you know. They didn't like, show it at all. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't show him like holding back. Like if they, if they, if we'd seen them like slowly growing, growing the relationship, and now it was like Katie was like, like I don't understand why he's holding back. He's drawing back now. Like what's the issue? He's and, so shy. And we found out that he was like, well, it's not perfect. And then you know he had a whole thing where he's like, where he talked to an adult. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, Instead you know of a what? Thirteen-year-old girl. Marriage isn't perfect. You love her. I can see that you love her. You need to ha- take a leap of faith sometimes. So that excludes Corey, then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like again, it's that's there's a sliver of that in the storyline, yeah. but they just don't show anything, so it doesn't make Maybe any sense. Maybe like a splinter that I got stuck in my foot. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. Tweets. So I'm excited to read some tweets because I now have my new tablet here. My new Amazon Fire that I can finally get access, get access to these things a lot easier than before. All right. You want to read this GMW Buzz tweet? Yeah. At GMW Buzz writes in this week. Hi. I was really disappointed with this one. I found the writing to be very weak and more spelled out than usual, if that makes sense. And Riley was completely ridiculous. Now... I want to say, I think it's really, it's it's actually a little surprising to me how many people seem to agree with us. Not just because, <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. Not just because Everyone that does, hates us. Not just okay. because it doesn't usually happen, but also because 
I did feel like this wasn't... To me, this wasn't one of the worst episodes. But it could have been but more divisive. But, it, but like, it seems like like this is this maybe the, the worst response to an episode that I remember seeing. Wow. Uh, other than, like really bad episode like especially because the beginning was funny yeah like like aside aside from like farkle's choice and world of terror 2 (laughs) this is like one of the worst responses i remember seeing is it world of terror 3 there is a world of terror 3 is this world of terror oh no there's no that's coming soon why (laughs) at backstreet gem says uh so gemma gemma was responding to me saying that maya is the disney version of sean that she's too sanitized that i I feel like i officially feel like she will never actually be a badass now and she said sabrina is talented though i was thoroughly engrossed in those scenes but yeah it was pretty watered down the hammer thing really took me out of that scene it really hammered it down too much yeah it was just smash it with a hammer I feel like it would have worked better if she just, like, tricked them into giving the hammer back. They were idiots, and then threatened them with the hammer. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I would have actually been super on board with intimidating Maya if she had done it properly. Yeah. It was just awkward choreography. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind of thought she might kill them, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would have been super on board with that. Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, at Siva McLean says, I loved Riley, but yeah, I'm disappointed. Um, at Thanatos1231 says, to, I saw the episode two. I sent, he sent this in response to me saying, I saw a watch Disney. Uh, and Good either, story. and either my memory is faulty or Maya was never that bad. At GG Lover321 writes in <laughs> this week, GMW is a show that belongs on Netflix. They do these long story arcs and expect you to understand the bigger picture. The problem is that the episodes are spaced so far apart that it's hard to understand what the big picture is. If it was on Netflix, it would be one right after the other, and there would be no need to remember what happened literal months before. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cool. So, at our Stickle24 says, I got excited for this episode. I thought, finally, someone is going to actually get in trouble. Nope. My dreams are crushed. Nope. <laughs> I'm All sorry, right. our Stickle. <laughs> Mine uh, too. Uh, the tweet of the week this week comes from something that was not tweeted at us, but it comes from one of our followers I just happened to stumble upon because of the great handle. So, the tweet of the week this week is from at GMW Relia, says the following. That wasn't the great handle that you liked, though. They had an actual no, no, name like, that you liked. I forget, but you didn't write yeah, it, so it was like... Because I wrote the handle. It was like Rowan, Riley loves Maya. Yeah, it was like Maya. Riley loved, yeah. Loves <laughs> or so great. Um... Hashtag Ralaya, obvious on purpose by GMW writers, or just projection, fan POV. Hashtag Maya is in love with Riley. Hashtag be yourself, Maya, heart emoji. And a gif of the girls doing a mind-blown gesture. From Smackle. So, I just thought this was so great because this is True Maya. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about True Maya here. Yes, yes, yes. And even though this tweet was not about this episode. Alrighty. Well, I think that brings us to an ending. And Are we going to have a good episode next week? Nope. We're going to have an episode next week, <laughs> and we're going to get through it somehow. I mean, because at least with Upstate, we enjoyed watching it. I didn't even get to the, have that part yeah. this week. It's like having a, it's sort of like Girl Meets World therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be there for you guys through all the pain. How do you feel, Lucas? 
I mean, I'm just like, I want to put forward that this honestly isn't like hurting my excitement for the show that much. I just want to get, I just have to, I just want to get past this and get back to. It's hurting mine. Honestly, like I, I would understand if they ended it. Yeah, at the end of the season. Just now, (laughs) right now, like next week never happened. But like knowing that things like Jessica and Permanent Record exist and can be done, I'm like, okay, just get through the stupid art. Looking forward to their future progress. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, let's just get to like, let's just get to their other to the other episodes that aren't about this. Fifty percent of this show is now a triangle. Like, in three years from now, when we look back on GMW, it's just gonna be like, oh yeah, when they all liked each other. That's the show where everyone likes. I each mean, other. especially, especially if it ends in season three, or even, or even. I mean, unless season four has some totally other thing, or they go. That's why we we honestly need five seasons now. Like, we're already wrapping up the show. Like, <laughs> I mean, confirmed. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. No, look, look, if it ends in season three or season four, the legacy of the show is not awesome because so much of it is tied into this triangle. Yeah. At this point, we need the extra seasons so that the show can be out more than that. Yeah. You know, like. Because but it's not a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. a triangle. Wrapping up, if you want to email us, you can do so and uh, hopefully try to do something a little bit shorter than some of the ones we had this week. Or don't. We wanted to read some of them because they were really good, but in the future. Um, email us at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at gmwpodcast. Uh, please uh, listen to our, uh, rate us or review us on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher or Google Play Music. Check out our website, gmwpodcast.com. And of course, Instagram, Instagram, GM, at GMW Podcast. Um, and of course, check out our YouTube channel, GMW Podcast. Um, lots of cool YouTubes over there. And tweet then- in fun video ideas that you want to mm. see us do on that YouTube channel as I interrupt Dan one more time. Dream. Try. Do good. Class, Class dismissed. dismissed.